Jackson Hayes falls out of the rotation. The Phoenix Suns are a mess, and the Pelicans take on the Golden State Warriors tonight. It's the Friday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We are free and available five days a week for you all on all platforms, including YouTube. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by McDonald's. Um, proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday. A little bit rough times in Pelicans land, but they've still got a game tonight. They've got one coming up on Monday. Today's show in the third segment, we'll take a look at the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, Pretty good this year. Not not really a huge surprise there. On Monday's show, we'll preview the game against the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe have a guest and some fun lined up as well. And then in today's show, we're going to dive into Jackson Hayes and then the bombshell thing that dropped on the Phoenix Suns from ESPN yesterday. So let's start with Jackson Hayes. In the game against the Sacramento Kings, Hayes played under five minutes. He had been the first big off of the bench coming in for Jonas Valanciunas, but that's recently started to change, particularly in this game where Billy Hernan Gomez played significantly more than Hayes did. Billy Hernan Gomez played 10 minutes, 45 seconds. Hayes played four minutes and 27 seconds. And when you look at Jackson Hayes and his production on the season, it's rough. This is a big man, a seven-footer with unbelievable hops who's shooting under 50% from the field this year. He's shooting 46%. He's basically been above 60% his other two years in the league. He's always kind of struggled on the rebounding front, more of an offensive board getter, I think, than a defensive rebounder. But he's even struggled in that area. And he's scoring right now 5.4 points per game. And that's really it. Like, his jumper isn't falling at all. We've seen some mid-range from him. We saw him stepping into three-point attempts confidently last season. But it almost looks like he's regressed. He has some moments where he can still kind of show off some of that rim protection. He's not a good defender, let's say, but he's a guy that can at least deter people at the rim with his shot-blocking ability. He's averaging about a block per game. But he's not giving you much of anything. And as we've seen with the Pelicans this year, where they struggle... You know, yes, defensively, but I think that has more to do with their offense than anything. They're not scoring, and it's leading to transition opportunities, points off turnovers, and just all of that kind of stuff to make the defense kind of get put in stressed situations. So if he's not going to give you much offensively, if he's not going to be a lob threat, if he's not going to be a shooter, we shouldn't necessarily have expected him to be a shooter. Yeah, I think it's kind of a problem where you've got to bench him for a little bit. This happened last year to him. He seemed to bounce back from that really well, seemed to kind of work on whatever was, you know, impacting his game. And when he came in for basically the second half of last season, he was a guy that we looked at as a quality rotation piece. So to see kind of some regression this year 
is a little bit concerning. Now, everything's just kind of a mess right now with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, but I don't know if he would have been playing a ton with those guys, right? This is a guy that, in this bench role, I hoped maybe he could become a starter this year. It does not look like that at all right now. You know, I think, but this is what the role we we thought would be to start the year, and he's not even succeeding in that. And the goal was maybe he's a better fit next to Zion Williamson than Valanciunas is, even though I think Valanciunas is shooting the three ball even better this year and at a higher rate than we've seen before. That opens things up, and I'm changing my mind on that, obviously, partially due to just how poorly Jackson Hayes has played. I don't really know what it is. You know, it seems like a confidence thing with him. You know, there with with the lack of offensive threats with some of these bench units. And again, Willie's Green has done a little bit of a better job trying to kind of mingle the starters with the bench and sta- stagger them is a better word than mingle. But trying to kind of keep some other threats there with the bench units, it, it's easy to focus on Jackson A's and the big man and kind of scheme him out. We see it with like Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, right? Where big man can kind of be game planned out like that if you have the skill set of what Jackson Hayes is, which is a rim running lob threat more so than anything else. They need to kind of figure it out again. This is where the coaching staff is going to have to really earn their money to maybe kind of, if he gets back into the rotation, really design some sets for him, be a little bit more hands-on and, in a sense, micromanaging to try and spring him open, get him good looks, and just kind of get him in a groove and build some of that confidence back up. But it's been a struggle for Jackson Hayes, and we'll talk about it in the third segment. You know, I I don't think we're going to see a ton of him in this game tonight against the Golden State Warriors and maybe kind of gives us an idea of where Willie Green has his head and kind of what he's thinking with the coaching staff. So that'll be in the third segment. Coming up next, let's talk about the Phoenix Suns and the freaking mess that they are right now. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where families can come and reconnect. It's a place where Classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they're going to have Wi-Fi. That's important. Tons of coffee, French fries, McFlurries. And win or lose, it's a place you look forward to stopping to after a game to recharge. And on a road trip, I don't know if there's any better place to stop to stretch your legs out and to refuel. Driving home late from Pelicans games, McDonald's right by me. Swing by there all the time. Grab some nuggets, barbecue sauce, a burger maybe as well. Sometimes it's just kind of all you need to keep you going and help you podcast after probably a double-digit Pelicans loss. Not always the most fun thing. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And talking about it makes me kind of excited. Maybe we'll do a Locked On Pelicans watch party. Uh, McDonald's, I'm loving it. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Calm. Do you know what makes LeBron James, King James, sleep well? That's important, right? Sleep is the number one thing to him, and he's talked about that a lot. And Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. You can do this yourself. And Calm can help you train your brain so that you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like LeBron James does. And for LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, Quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime, sleep stories, calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. So if you head to calm.com, C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you're going to get 40% off a calm premium prescription. So with calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like the rain on leaves one he just said. So much more sleep stories. 
stories and meditations so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a premium subscription at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Friday episode of Locked on Pelicans just talked about Jackson Hayes kind of falling out of the rotation. Things are not great in terms of that stuff when it comes to the Pelicans. We've already talked a lot about Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you know, not playing well and being in a bigger role. It's less impactful for Jackson Hayes, but you still want the third year guy to really step forward and become a core part of this team, which he's not looking like right now, I think. Um, But at least we're not the Phoenix Suns. That's kind of an important thing because ESPN dropped a story that's kind of been in the making for, it sounds like an extended period of time. We'd heard some rumblings about this from other journalists trying to kind of like scoop the scoop that they didn't actually have, which was just really dumb and a bad look besides the point. Um, That kind of goes into the tenure under Robert Sarver of dysfunction, of racism, of uh, sexism and misogyny. It's a mess. Like this is one of those things where you try and separate like bad people working for something that you love. And it's really hard when it's so kind of pervasive in the organization, I think. And you just feel for a lot of people there, the coaches and all of that that just had to deal with with this owner who it's not like Donald Sterling kind of racism where he is being like deliberately and like hurtfully racist. I think with Sarver, it's a little bit more of This is just like an old rich white dude who just doesn't get it, like doesn't get it at all. And is one of those people that's like, I don't see color. I don't see race. I treat everyone the same. When in fact, you're supposed to see that, to acknowledge it, to understand how to connect and talk to those people and interact with those people, knowing some of the disadvantages that they've had. And Sarver's just like, everyone's the same to me and I'm going to kind of be an asshole to all of them. And that creates another sense of racism. And you're kind of seeing that there. And it's one of those things where the Suns are coming off their most successful season ever, like in, in 30 years, 20 plus years, something like that, getting to the NBA finals. And it's just going to get all derailed, which absolutely sucks because their fans are kind of, I think, starved. And their fan base is pretty good, I think. And they have good people working there that get kind of shafted and thrown under the bus. All of the people on the business side that we've heard of, you know, Earl Watson, who's putting his name to all of this and coming out and going on the record with some of the things that he dealt with from Robert Sarver. And then you have someone that we care about, like Monty Williams there, who said yesterday, you know, he's like, look, I wouldn't be here if this is what I was experiencing We'll see. You know, the NBA is going to do a big investigation in this. They're likely to be heavily fined and potentially go through a situation where, you know, they might force Robert Sarver out. I don't know if it's going to rise quite to that level, but I I wouldn't be shocked if he eventually leaves the organization. That tends to be what happens here. But he's coming out very um, strong against these allegations. But this is the kind of thing that can really upend a franchise. You know, they're a small market team. Well, they're not they're not a small market team. Phoenix is one of the bigger markets. They're a non-glamour franchise, is what I should have said. And, you know, if you're gonna get find millions, tens of millions of dollars, whatever's gonna come out of this, all the lawsuits that are gonna come out of this too, it can impact them financially. And you've got to wonder if that impacts them on the free agent front, on hiring the right people for the organization and just the willingness to spend money on the organization, knowing you probably need some cash reserves that are gonna get paid out in lawsuits. As bad as things are in New Orleans, 
you've always got to at least be thrilled that it's not like this. You know, we'd had some issues with Tom Benson, one trying to, you know, move the Saints away right after Katrina, but after he became committed to the city, partially because of the financial incentives the city was giving him, you know, they at least never went through anything like this. And the person who kind of was that petulant owner in Rita was forced out and don't, no one has to deal with that anymore. And it feels like, at least on the surface from what I know and what we've seen, you don't really need to worry about Gail Benson when it comes to anything like this. And that's an important thing. That kind of stability in ownership, I, I think, is something that can be very underrated. Whether Gail's willing to pay as much as we'd like her to do and spend on the franchise as much as we'd like her to do in terms of on-court stuff, Somewhat remains to be seen when it comes to the luxury tax and all of that, but this team certainly isn't a team you should spend the luxury tax on. And they've spent money on the practice facility, then upgrading the fairly new practice facility to the standards that David Griffin want, which was a great investment of $10-plus plus million on top of what was already a $15 million practice facility that they built. You know, again, I think she's kind of one of those quiet owners that's not splashy, but that just does kind of the right thing. She spent money on David Griffin. That might not have been the right hire, but at least she spent the money to go get the guy that we all thought was a good hire at the time. You know, they spent the money to get rid of Stan Van Gundy. You shouldn't always be praised for undoing your mistakes because you still made the mistakes in the first place, but that was David Griffin's mistake, not Gail Benson's, and she spent the money there. You never really hear these kind of stories coming out of the Pelicans, out of the Saints, and I think that's a really important thing. You want to be just kind of a good model organization, an organization that makes you feel good about rooting for them, you know? And I think that's something you can definitely do, at least from this sense. Maybe not on-court performance, certainly not on-court performance, but definitely in terms of just good people not making life terrible for hundreds of others and, you know, not being racist, sexist, all of those sorts of things. So makes me, uh, there's a little bit of pride, I think, in terms of being a fan of a team and covering team that gets to avoid all of this. If you want to know more about this though, and there's a whole lot of takeaways, right? There's a whole, this is a huge story that's not going to go away anytime soon, especially with the NBA announcing they're doing their own investigation and hiring a law firm. Please, 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 please go check out the Locked On Suns podcast with host Brendan Clean, who's absolutely awesome, did a fantastic job covering their run to the finals. He's going to be all over this. I'm going to be tuning into this. That's my first listen today because I have not gotten a chance to kind of really make sense of what this all means for the team. That's where I'm going to kind of find out what it's going to mean for the league, um, for the Phoenix, for the Phoenix Suns, for the league, and then whatever impacts might be on New Orleans. Look, Willie Green's here, so you never know if he's had an experience like that with the former team as well. All right, coming up, let's take a look at the Golden State Warriors, the team the Pelicans are going to take on tonight. Third game in their four-game road trip. And by the way, Golden State is uh, good this year, so we'll talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats, and there's so much of it. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. So it's a perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. So feast on something delicious, but feel good about doing it. One slice of pie, upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end, and that's just one slice. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. These are low-calorie, low-carb, low-in-fat, and high-in-protein, and they're covered in 100 
100% real chocolate. They taste so good, you're not going to even be realizing you're eating a protein bar. You're going to just be thinking you're eating a candy bar for dessert, except these are actually good for you. So they're a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built Bar or two right now. So share some with your family at the gatherings. It might make things a little bit less awkward because everyone's eating healthy all of a sudden. So they're going to have new surprises all month long. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So go check the site often. And there's nothing like a built Bar Black Friday sale. So mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week for you all. No one else coming to you like that. Talking all things you want to know about the league, about the team, and now for your second listen, like I said, go check out the Locked On Phoenix Suns podcast because uh, that's kind of a big story, like a huge story in the NBA. Probably going to be one of the biggest of the season, and Brandon Clean does a really great job breaking everything down. All right, so let's talk about the game tonight. Pelicans take on the Golden State Warriors. Golden State, 6-1. and one. They're pretty, pretty good. There's just kind of no other way to put it right now. They have some uh, depth. You're, they're led by Steph Curry, 27 points per game, 26.7 points per game, right? Shooting 13 threes per game, making them at 37.4%, which is even like low for him. Seven assists, almost eight rebounds. He looks awesome this year but they have other guys really stepping up you got Andrew Wiggins who's contributing 16 points per game he's been a bit of a revelation for him took less money to stay there knowing that that was the right role for him the area that he should really be playing the other starting guy in the backcourt Jordan Poole has looked pretty good again guys understanding their role and kind of playing to those expectations he's averaging over 16 points per game and contributing and making some threes and and trying to get to the rim you've got guys like Draymond Green who just do the defense and all of the dirty work he's averaging seven assists per game nine boards and nine points it's not quite the score he you know once was if ever but he still is such a key part of everything that they are doing you've got Andre Iguodala off the bench who's kind of having a bit of a down year but is still managing to impact the game then you've got the rookies Moses Moody Jonathan Kaminga who aren't contributing a ton and playing very very limited minutes if at all but the fact that they have all of these other role players who know what they need to do Kavon Looney uh, Bielitsa is there now is all kind of really good they're a tough team that has some depth and that's going to be something that's a problem for New Orleans right the bench and all those guys Guys haven't been great. The key to this one is you got to win those minutes without Steph Curry. You've got to try and limit the damage their depth can do to you because if you don't, when Curry's in there, you're probably going to lose those minutes. The Pelicans struggle to score offense. Steph Curry is offense, right? Instant offense. And if you don't find it, you're not going to limit him here. With you know Herb Jones being out, I believe you have Brandon Ingram questionable, so he may play. It's going to be a tough one for New Orleans in this. You've got to win the minutes when Steph Curry isn't out there on the court. And if you do that, at least maybe you can kind of keep it close, particularly if Brandon Ingram plays and keeps those Curry minutes, not a runaway for the Golden State Warriors. But it's a tough one. You know, they're 6-1 and one for a reason. Their defense is absolutely kind of suffocating. So you really need Brandon Ingram in this one. They have the best defense rating this season. Um they kind of get it done on that side of the ball. So don't do those un you know unforced errors, right? Just throwing the ball out of bounds. You can't have a 20 turnover game. 
it's tough. Like, I get it. This is going to be a tough game, and New Orleans just needs to kind of get through this road trip before getting the Oklahoma City on uh, Thunder on Wednesday at home, and you get the Dallas Mavericks on Monday. Just kind of get through this road trip, try and regroup, get a win at home, and get on the right side of things. I think that's kind of the next, like, three-game plan, if you count this one, for the Pelicans. So enjoy the game tonight, and that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans, this week of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Monday, where we're going to have some fun, I hope.